Hi, my name is Nick Craig, and this is the Leading from Purpose podcast. Today, I have a special guest and wonderful friend, Konstantina Trabashi, is someone I've known for a while on the journey of life. And I think she started out in marketing, and then she went to HR, which in itself is a great story. And then she's a senior executive at Unilever, and I'll give her a chance in a couple of minutes to talk about what she's up to. But first of all, Konstantina, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for this opportunity, Nick. Always a pleasure. And so you are where today? I am in London today, and uh, I moved here since uh, July when uh, I was allowed to travel because of COVID-19. And uh, I'm working out of here um, in my new role, uh, which I started on from uh, uh, April this year as a global head of reward for Unilever. Excellent. So as we get into this, probably the thing I would love you to share with us is your purpose. It's great to be talking purpose with you because you are the person who's responsible for this amazing journey I've been on since 2013. Well, where... Sometimes when it's not going well, you also will <laughs> be responsible for it too. I was, I was about to say where after a very painful uh, four-day session, I managed to finally put uh, what I had in my mind into words with your amazing help. Uh, but on a serious note, uh, my purpose statement, if you want, reads, uh, I'm here to eliminate the ugliness by creating beauty and fun. The words are so beautiful. Say it one more time, just I think because everybody is going to say, wait a minute, what did she just say? (laughs) What I said was that I'm here to eliminate the ugliness by creating beauty and fun. Hmm. And so where does that come from for you? why, Why those words? Where does that come from in your journey in life? Yeah. First of all, I am Greek, uh, Nick, as you know, and uh, I'm not just uh, stating this for ethnicity purposes. I'm stating it for uh, state of mind and philosophical purposes as well. And I'll explain what I mean. The words beauty and ugliness uh, in in Greek can be translated and, and can have deeper meanings. So beauty, obviously, in this case, goes beyond aesthetic beauty which is great in itself, but uh, the word in my purpose refers to meanings like harmony, internal beauty, calmness, uh, finding the true essence uh, of of things and standing for really deep values like justice, fairness and, and respect. As opposed to that, the word ugliness stands for injustice, lack of fairness, lack of respect. And I honestly believe I'm on a mission to stop any of these things going on, if I can, where I can, do it in a way that makes me feel true to what I stand for. Wow, that's beautiful. So what's the Greek word for the beauty? One of the Greek words that I like is kalos. So it stands for this deeper meaning of, of, of being beautiful. And uh, the thing that did it for me with uh, this kind of thinking was reading philosophy as I was growing up and uh, reading in particular a, a book by Plato. Um, it's called Symposium, where he talks about the deeper meanings of, of your existence and uh, what love stands for and the yin and yang of things. So all these things were just, you know, I was blind and I started to see 
I said to myself, this is it. This is, this is what makes sense to fight for and deliver for. And I didn't refer to the third word in my purpose, which is fun, uh, because I think this is also very, very underestimated as well. Again, to go back to your question, what's behind the, the purpose? Through very tough moments, personally, that had to do mostly with, uh, with health issues in the past, I discovered that there's not much we can do about the time we have on this planet. It's not under our control, but there's a lot we can do in terms of what we do with this time. So in my case, eliminating the ugliness by creating beauty and having fun while I do this is um, the thing that keeps me going. And um, I've seen that in, in very difficult moments, these words that more importantly, the thinking behind these words is what keeps me going. So when you think about your life, is there a particular story or a moment where you say, you know, that's one of those examples of where this purpose really showed up for me? I'll give you a story. When I came back from uh, my second uh, daughter's birth, uh, my second maternity leave, I have two beautiful girls. They're now teenagers. You've met how them. How, how old are they? <laughs> they're, now 15, they're now 15 and 16. So uh, that's the tricky part. They're one year apart in terms of age difference. So I had my first baby, came back to work. I got pregnant again, gave, gave birth, came back to work. My then land manager, God bless him, decided for me, without me, that uh, maybe I did not want to pursue a career further. Maybe... Uh, I was um, thinking of staying at home with my girls. Maybe it's the time to do something easier as he positioned it. Uh, But he did uh, all that without thinking about checking what I want. This is when this, I want to eliminate this injustice came in very strongly. And I, I got into this mode of how does that make me feel? Why does it make me feel like that? And, um, based on, on, on that learning for me, how can I prevent this for, uh, from happening for other people going forward? So I fought for my career continuing at that point uh, by really coming back and, and working really hard to establish myself again and convince everyone that I, I was serious about uh, wanting to pursue a career as well as a family because that that's my choice and my right. And um, I also made a pledge that uh, when it comes to other women that will find themselves in in similar situations, I'll do whatever I can to help them uh, really find their voice and and really get what they deserve. Uh, So that resulted in in, uh, me now mentoring more than 20 uh, women. Most of them are actually... Uh, around uh, or just before, uh, just after uh, they enter this phase of, of becoming a parent. And uh, I've been saying, um, half joking, that you don't have to look further if you're looking for a great leader. You can get a, a new mother or a new father because parenthood makes you really step up as a leader because you don't have a choice. You need to do your time management. You need to do your negotiation. You need to do your uh, declarations and and really get uh, uh, people to believe in you 
because you care. So uh, what's better than giving a chance to someone that really wants to show these qualities uh, in, in the workplace? I think we would be blessed to have uh, any new mother or father that uh, step into that uh, wild new zone of being parent. This is a wonderful example of what the beauty versus the ugliness that looks like, yes? Yes, I, I think so. And so part of the interesting journey that you've been on is that you've spent most of your, much of your career in marketing, correct? I spent more than a decade in marketing. I also did uh, work in customer development, which was great for uh, my development, but uh, also made me realize what I didn't want to do. This wasn't the career path I wanted to pursue. Uh, and that had to do with the culture in customer development at the time uh, and did work around communications and corporate affairs as well. So in the end, Nick, we make it too complex when it comes to corporate roles. Um, you yeah. label it, you're a marketer or you're an HR professional, you're, a, I don't know, communications expert. What I found through my 21-year um, career in Unilever so far is... At the end of the day, it's all about the people. Uh, you need to love people to be able to do marketing. You need to love people to be able to do HR uh, or any other such job for that matter because you're there to solve problems. You're there to take care of people. You, you're there to answer needs. So if you don't care, if you don't deeply care about that, about eliminating the ugliness and, and creating some beauty and some fun, then what, why wake up in the morning? Uh, how can you make a difference? So I don't feel I've done different jobs. I think I've served uh, on different fronts, but with similar elements uh, at the core. It's beautiful. I love it as you say that. So what I want to do now is take a second and then really take a look and deeper step into growing up and becoming very successful, which you have, in a fairly masculine environment that you've been in. You've talked about this, of being a mom and having two kids and having the system and the, sort of the, say, well, you know, putting you in a, in a category. And then the other category they put you in, well, she's a marketer. But now, of course, now, I mean, when I was, when you, you and I worked together, you were one of the top five HR people in Unilever and your boss thought you were the best HR person he's ever had. And now he is a really tough guy to work for. So if he said that, it was like, so how do you look at breaking down these barriers? I live in a world right now where there's a lot being talked about around all the barriers that have been up that keep people from being successful. And we could argue that some of those are true, but you're one of those wonderful examples for me of somebody who, if there was a wall, you just walked through it. Well, thank you for saying that. And, and, Thank you for uh, mentioning my great uh, line manager and friend that uh, said these kind words for me. I don't know if there's a thing I do, you know, to break down barriers, to be honest with you. I just don't accept them. That, that's the only thing I would say. I, I think the only way to push me harder to remove a buyer is to tell me there, that there is something I cannot do. So I, I guess that goes back to the eliminate the ugliness part. I don't think this is fair, you know, because I would take every time a person that stands in front of me in a corporate environment and tells me, give me a chance 
allow me to prove to you I can do this because I'll, I'll work my butt off and this is my passion. Even if they don't know anything about this, I'll take that person every time over an expert that uh, thinks that they're doing us a favor by, by getting into that role. For me, we are energy balls, Nick. You know, you can channel your energy any way you want. If you have the energy behind doing something, you'll do it. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm talking about the context that we're discussing about. I'm not talking um, operating someone. I'm not, I'm not a surgeon. You know, I wouldn't uh, go into an operating room and say, allow me to operate, uh, do a, a heart operation on someone. But honestly, Someone that tells you you cannot uh, work in, in that job because uh, you've been in, in HR and you cannot move to that function. I just don't accept this. And uh, I think it's the same to your point around um, the culture bits. I believe it's my duty, and maybe that's the problem. I think it's my duty to change this for the better, not just for me, but for all the people that will come after me. Uh, because if I don't do it, then maybe it won't get done. I think this is my responsibility. That's how I approach this. And I've had many times in my career where I was told I'm taking things too personally. Well, yes, I am. Because it is personal when you can make a difference in someone's life. It, all, it always is pers- personal. We're, I'm a person. Therefore, if it's about me, it's personal. When you think back at the people you've impacted, do you have any particular examples or stories where you think that you know, that sort of, you really had an impact on that person and their trajectory changed as a result of your reminding them of the possibility? Hmm, good question. I hope I have. Um, I do get, I am connected, like I said, and, and I'm mentoring a lot of um, um talented women inside the organization and outside uh, and pushing them to just see the truth about what they're capable of. The things that I'm most proud of, uh, Nick, is when I was given the the chance, I really did promote um, women that I believed in and with a commitment to support them and be there for them and have their back to allow them to flourish. And it's worked every time. So we have had cases of, uh, of, of talents that came to me and said, I want to move in that role, but my line manager doesn't think that uh, I'm, I'm capable of doing that. And uh, I did do the work to really convince the line manager to allow these people to, to get a chance. And I'm proud to say that I see some of them really taking off either inside Unilever or, or outside Unilever. So I don't uh, follow up as much on that one, to be honest, because my focus is on uh, really trying to help where and if I can, because I, I think everyone's capable. Everyone comes to work every day to do magic. No one comes to work to be mediocre. Uh, and that's why I said, you need to love people. You, you just need to care. Uh, if you don't care, you, you better do another job. Better do another job. And if you look at the journey of you as a, a woman working up the system, mm-hmm. 
Do you think that you've seen the opportunities differently than others might that has given you an advantage or an opportunity to not look back? Because my experience of you, if someone were to meet you, physically, you're a relatively small person. I'll take that as a compliment. So, you know, I see you're sort of an Audrey Hepburn sort of. Well, that is a compliment. Thank you for that. I was with uh I was with the CEO of Ben and Jerry's yesterday. He knows you very well. We both think that you're the modern day version of Audrey Hepburn. So well, you're gonna, you're just gonna have to sort of figure. Oh my out God. That. <laughs> I but, don't know how to but, react in, in such praise. But the interesting thing is, is that you know what's interesting is that so many people when I uh, mention your name, they all have the same reaction about just your fiery commitment and energy to just making things happen. And what's interesting is, is that they say that, and then they don't say, well, you know, everybody else has that too. That's not what they say. There's a way in which you show up in the room. There's a presence that you have that is, um, if the door opens and you're not looking, everyone's going to want to turn around and see what's, that it's like, there's a presence that you have. And I just wonder what it, you know, are you aware of that? Not in this sense. Uh, thank you for saying that, first of all. What I try to do, and this is where I'll, uh, I'll accept the analogy to Audrey Hepburn, one of the most amazing people that ever saw the... You guys actually look like you could be related, too. So. And the <laughs> okay, outfits, I've seen you wear outfits that are very much sort of... <laughs> thank you. Uh, that said, what I was trying to say is that what she said at one point is... I try to be present whenever I'm doing something. I try to be present. I try to be focused. I try to be there 100%. And maybe that's what what you are describing. Uh, And it has to do again with really being interested in in the topic, in uh, the problem and falling in love with the problem to be able to solve it uh, in a way that's satisfactory. So I also try not to take myself too seriously, Nick. Uh, th- this, this is a job that we're doing and it's a great job. But um, I, I think there's a few things that are one-way doors. You can always improve things. You can always go back and... and, and uh, try and, and um, evolve something and improve something. So I don't like seeing issues. I like seeing opportunities. And I guess this is something that I try to, uh, to show in the way I approach things. Like I said, you don't have a choice on the time you have, but you do have a choice with what, what you, you, you choose to do with it, how you use it. So you get an opportunity to go in a meeting interact with some great people like the CEO of Ben and Jerry that you mentioned and potentially solve a problem and make a difference in someone's life. How cool is that? Who gets to do this? That's why I I don't see barriers, honestly. I just choose to believe in barriers. I I want to ignore them and hoping that they'll go away. What were you like as a kid? Well, I'm uh, the youngest of three siblings. I have two great older brothers. Okay. Uh, my mom had me when she was 46. Wow. Uh, and uh, I'm mentioning 
because that, that really did make a difference in, in the way I, I just saw things. Again, it has to do with how can you find your role in this family? How much time do you have with your parents? And um, how can you make them happy? As a kid, I tried to make my parents uh, proud. I have to say, I, I am a people pleaser. I was as a kid, you know, I was one of those kids that would uh, uh, try and dance and sing and, and perform and, and do all those uh, uh, silly acts. But as a student, and that's another uh, thing I need to look into. You know, every time the, the teacher would ask a question, in a room of 30 students, I thought I needed to be the one to find the answer. I don't know where that comes from, but uh, it's this sense of duty, again, mm-hmm. to eliminate the ugliness uh, that's been there. It's been there all along. I, you know, I just feel like there's a, a little girl in you that is always available. So what's interesting for me about you is that I, I work with a lot of people, and some people, they've got a outfit that they wear, that for the most part, they never take off. Yeah. And it's a relatively, it's not, I wouldn't say it's always serious, but it is significant. But one of the things about you is that no matter how serious you are, there's a little girl inside of you that always seems to be jumping up and down going, oh God, this is going to be so cool. Right? And so I just feel like that part of you has always been present. One of my experiences of one of your gifts is when you say the fun at the end part, it's about having that little girl always be present, that curious little kid is always, no matter how crazy the situation is, is always present to the opportunity and doesn't see the danger. It sees the possibility. It's like, it's like watching one of those movies, right? You know, where, you know, if one's wrong step and she's going to fall through and it's a bit, no, she just keeps going. Right. And never realizes that, you know, there was all these things that were going to happen because it's just like, I'm clearly oblivious, as you say. So that's, uh, Okay, that's but, um, a characteristic. But, but I really think that that, I think that's probably one of your gifts, part of your purpose. And as you think about your purpose and the fun piece at the end, the first two, you put a lot of energy around what those meant. But I think that for me, the last piece really is about the fact that it's the curious little kid that's bringing that. And I think that's what allows you to disarm people in a very interesting way. So no one sees you as a, a woman or as a, they see you as this person being with this energy. Yeah. Seeing leaders that for the most part never give anybody permission to do things, sort of handing it to you and saying, okay, he's here. Here's the sacred text. Just figure out what we're supposed to do with this thing. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, this line doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. This is my sense of you. What I want to do is thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation today. Any final words you'd like to share with those who are listening to this about how they can step into their purpose? I think you say it perfectly in your book, Nick. Purpose is about your why. If you don't know why you're here, if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, then how do you know where you want to get to? How do you know how you can really become the best, the best version of you? Isn't this all what we're here to do, just constantly evolve? And uh, I would say to people, it would be such a pity to miss this opportunity to get to know who you are because I've um, come uh, 
very close to popular culture through my uh, my two daughters, and they, they watch this uh, RuPaul's Drag Race uh, shows, where uh, yeah. the phrase in the end is, if you cannot love yourself, how can you love anyone else? I would rephrase to, you don't know who you are, what's your why? How can you find the way and how can you connect with other people to just go to this, I don't know what's the right word in English. Um, Say it in whatever language you'd like. <laughs> this apotheosis of uh, what you can become. Okay, that sounds much better than what you could say in English. <laughs> but I think the beauty of this is, Whenever I happen to hang out with you, I always feel more like I'm living my purpose. So I think that's one of the gifts. So listen, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I want to thank all of those who are listening. I hope you have the gift and opportunity someday of working with Constantina. She's an amazing woman and powerful leader and good friend. Thank you. Thank you, Nick.